0: Think you know what way it's gonna go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see what all sports betting has to offer. Wanna bet? head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn 19 plus and please play responsibly.
1: Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction
0: Canada's Sportsbook. Hey, hey, hey. What is up? What is up? Welcome. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. Avery Lewis McDougall here at the controls tonight. Edmonton with a 5-2 win over the Red Wings. A big win coming back from the All-Star break. And tonight, I'm not doing my show solo. No, usually it's a one-man team on air. So I got to give credit to Roberts, our producer, helping me out with some audio problems. You know, he used my favorite tonight. Coming in the clutch once again when my mics are failing, so he's helping me the stream tonight. But also, too, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a hockey fan, if you're a Cleveland Guardians fan, I got a surprise for you. A pitcher in your organization is joining me tonight. He's also a Die Hard Orles fan. It is the one, the only, Eric Zabrowski. Eric, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm good, Avery. How about yourself? Thanks for having uh, me.
0: Of course, buddy, I'm doing well, sir. I had you on. We had you on many moons ago on a show I used to do, or well, it it's on i, I, I hate us now, the Brad Avery hour with my boy Brad Parker. We had you on. Back when you were yeah. a young puppin baseball game, back when you were an Empton prospect, we had you on back when you're a prospect on the mound. And now you're a member of the Cleveland Guardians organization right now. And you're down in Arizona getting a little early spring training work in, buddy. How are things down there in Arizona? <laughs>
1: Yeah, down in Arizona, like you said. Uh things are things are starting to move quickly. Uh guys are showing up every weekend and you know, we probably have about a hundred hundred players down here right now and running a little pre spring mini camp, which is, you know, basically spring training with uh without the whole squad. But like I said, things are getting busy, but it's it's fun and you know, we're all excited. We're all looking forward to uh you know the twenty twenty three season.
0: No, of course, of course, as you should be, I know in your career, now followed your career for quite some time. You're a, a Padres draft pick, you've played high A ball, but of course you also battled injuries. What does it mean to finally be healthy again and getting past the elbow injuries you've had in your young career so far, Eric?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the career didn't start the way I thought it would. Um spent a lot of time on on the injured list, unfortunately. But you no, know, it's it's allowed for me to, you know, get a lot of growth as as a person and you know work on some things that or it gives me the time to work on some things that otherwise you might not have the time for. Um, you know, you have a couple 15 month rehabs and that that gives you quite a lot of time to, you know, get really precise, you know, really, uh, break things down piece by piece and, you know, both mechanically, you know, physically with my body and, and just even mentally as well.
0: Of course, you know, like what, how did it feel for yourself to get back on the bound out there and realize, you know, yes, I'm finally back. I'm finally where I want to be. And in 2023, what would it means for yourself to you know progress again? I know you mentioned to me off here you were signed with AA Akron, but what would it means to you know get back out there on the mound and progress more and more? Of course, with the ultimate goal, like any pitcher, like any guy who signed to the organization wants to be getting to the show eventually. Depending on you know maybe if not this year, or next year, hopefully for yourself, Eric.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the big leagues is is ultimately the goal, but mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple bigger goals, you know, that come before that right now, which is just, you know, getting back on the mound in, in an actual baseball game. Um, that's some that, you know, some some guys who have two Tommy John surgeries, like I have, that's some that, you know, they never get to see again. And and so I'm just I'm looking forward to the next time I get to pitch in a game, whenever that may be. Uh, that's why I'm down here early in Arizona working to, you know, make sure I get ready for that opportunity uh, when it does arise.
0: Of course, you know, in baseball, we, we talk about pitchers in baseball. It's always guys It's more or less guys from Ontario, B.C., Quebec. There aren't too many guys from Alberta who you see making an impact or playing affiliated uh, baseball. Of course, Mike Soroka is pitching for the Braves, the Calgary boy. What does it mean to represent Edmonton and be an Edmonton guy working his way up through the levels here at pro baseball?
1: Uh, it, it's awesome. Uh, it, it's funny seeing your teammates reactions when you you know you go to point out Edmonton on a map and, and <laughs> you go way further north than they they ever thought people even lived. And, you know, it's just it's it's where I'm from. And, and I'm very proud to be from Edmonton. You know, we were talking about the, the Oilers beforehand and um, it's awesome to, to represent the city of Edmonton and, you know, just to show that, that baseball has a has its spot in Edmonton. It's there for good, and, you know, hopefully it continues to grow. And there's a lot of great grassroots baseball organizations in the city and, you know, even even northern Alberta. Uh, look what they're doing in Fort McMurray with all those fields. And so baseball's, you know, in Alberta to stay, and it's it's awesome to see it keep growing.
0: No, of course. It definitely is really fun to see. I, of course, wanted to bring you on here to discuss the orlando 5-2 to win, big win coming out of the All-Star break. What are your thoughts there? This is a team in which they show, you know, they could get a big win without the firepower of I McDavid mean, and Drysdale. They got two big goals from Warren Fogle. What are your thoughts on this team's depth scoring, which really woke up tonight in this victory at at Lucina Arena in the, in Detroit, Eric?
1: Yeah, depth scoring. That's you know we've been we've been screaming that from the rooftops for years, and and it's <laughs> nice to see you know come to fruition. It's you know it's it's not just been tonight. You know we've been getting lots of contributions from. You know, I mean, kind of our jumbled up second and a half third and a half lines with going 11 and seven um i think you know the team toughness is there and that's really fun to see and you know we're getting there's still there's still holes in our team defense you know not just the decor i think team defense you know even, even mcdavid got caught cheating on that first goal tonight but that's true those things happen and and i'd rather learn them in February against the red wings than you know come playoff time against the
0: avalanche again that's a really good point. Get those mistakes out of the way right now before they really will bring in a playoff series. And you mentioned defense and um, the penalty kill. We know we we know for a long time the penalty kill has been this team's Achilles' heel. has been an issue, but over the past little bit absolutely. here, absolutely, the penalty kill stepped up a lot. I thought tonight I liked how the penalty kill responded. Special teams as a whole was really great tonight. What are your thoughts there, on Again, special teams, especially the penalty kill, walking things down against the wings.
1: Yeah, what how many penalties did we end up taking? We we took quite a few and we seemed to we seem to enjoy playing shorthanded tonight. Um the the power play was a little stagnant at first. It it seemed like they were really afraid of uh giving Barry the point shot. You know, I didn't think <laughs> there was any, there I didn't think there was a red wing above any of the circles for the first, you know, three power plays. And then I think we, you know, we we figured out we started moving a little bit more and and you know, some of those passes that were a second too early or a second behind, you know, hit the mark on that fourth power play and and that was Nuge with the uh the game sealer there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. for the record, I just went to NHL.com. Yeah, the was 0 for five on the power play tonight, killing wow. off five killing off five penalties. That is a thing that Edmonton could not do back in October, November. It's really turned around a massive. No, weekend.
1: not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Yeah. Maybe, maybe first start of the night should have been the power play uh the or the penalty kill. <laughs> you
0: that could was even,
1: that was awesome to see.
0: You could even say a third star could go to the post. You saw Robbie Fabry had a chance right there. Empty net hit the post when Campbell down and out. he give a uh start to the post in that game tonight as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have made it two nothing early too, right? So that would have been that would have been a tougher hole to climb out of. But you know, when you have the firepower such as we were fortunate enough to have no holes too big to climb out of, but uh you know, you didn't want to be going down to nothing after the all-star break against Detroit.
0: Right. No, I could not agree more. I mentioned penalty. This is a, and also too, Eric. this is a, a very chippy game. that's weird because this isn't like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when Edmonton and Detroit were in the same conference. Ed- Detroit's in the East. Now Edmonton in the West. And these two are going out like they are play each other five times a year. That was a, Strangely chippy game from two teams who don't play each other very often.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, They kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, uh, you, you see the name Bertuzzi on the back of a jersey, and you know, trouble trouble follows him pretty closely. <laughs> so there's no surprise there. Uh, just you know, shout out to the schedule makers though. I just saw that we're uh, we're playing Detroit next Wednesday. I think so at home. So there might be some fireworks in that game. But, yeah, like you said, we, we were talking about the team toughness off the air. And, and it's – I always felt like Edmonton for years has been more of a reactionary team. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see us kind of inciting it a little bit and, and, you know, creating the scrums and not only creating them, but, you know, in the case of Vinny and Seaweed Man, we're kind of finishing them too. and He was just showing, showing everybody how he could just grab two guys and just kind of skate around all night. and That, that was pretty fun to watch.
0: Right, yo, know, Vinny Darnay. He is someone. I remember when he was first called up for that game against Anaheim. You know, I was a fan of him watching down the base, biggest field. I want to see what he could bring, and he had been easily one of the more stable elements on a depth D man. He's been very stable. You know, he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a top line guy, but he's gonna be right. a very solid uh third pairing guy. Like I've loved what he's done so far on the back end. There.
1: Yeah, he's he's you know that's he's kind of been a calming force one of my buddies called him ginormous steve steos early tonight and uh i think that that's pretty funny and that's kind of spot on you know uh, on the offensive side of things he's he's the complete opposite of andre Sakera. He, he is the opposite of the shin pad assassin he gets those pucks through as we saw on Fogel's uh, fogle's second goal there how many times have we seen that little flick wrist shot from from one of our d-men hit a shin pad and result in a two on one or a breakaway the other way. So there, there's some skill involved with that. I, I I definitely feel that's the case.
0: No, of course. You know, that that goes to show how long you've been watching this team. When you can call someone <laughs> ginormous Steve Stales, that, that goes to show you've been watching this team for a long, long time, Eric. Oh my God. What a comparison.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the 06 cup run, I was what was I I was nine. So that's some pretty formative years and uh that kind of, you know, the, uh, I guess at the time it was the copper and blue into my blood. But you know, I'm just I love this team. And, and you know, I guess spending so much time away from home, it's it's kind of my connection back to home in a way. And and it's, you know, that the Oilers games are pretty, pretty available down here on ESPN Plus. So I, I haven't missed a game in probably a year or two. So got nothing else to do, right? So we'll watch the Oilers.
0: Fair enough. I, I do want to ask you though. When you were when you were pitching down at Fort Wayne, how easy was it was to get a, a five oil game when you're in Fort Wayne? Like could you get a we were you able to find games back then? Like I mean, that's not really a hockey a hockey hotbed for Indiana to find the NHL. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, fortunately it was, it was it was the uh you know, the late summer, so there wasn't quite much much Oilers hockey yet. But uh I think we were in you know, Northern Indiana, I think we were in Blue Jackets territory. So, mm. you know, those, those poor fans, you know, stuck out there watching uh, Johnny Gugu and, and Patrick Line out there doing, you know, tanking for Bedard.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'll ask right there. What are your thoughts on Johnny Hockey going to Columbus? What are your thoughts? You, I, you know, I think like many of us, <laughs> you're surprised that was his choice. I thought it was going to New Jersey and some people thought Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on going to Columbus?
1: Oh, I'm sad to see him go. He was such just a non non issue. Whenever the Oilers would play the Flames, it was you know it was, it was it was awesome. You know, I mean, everyone's seen the you know the Connor McDavid overtime winner, where I think you have Kachuk and Goudreau skating opposite ways from the puck, you know, allowing you know best player in the world to cut to the middle and score. So I'm just you know I guess I'm just happy for Johnny that he is closer to home, even though it's a what. Eight and a half hour car ride, or whatever it is. I don't know. It's. I, I just wish sometimes the athletes would just say they were they were following the money. <laughs> and there, there's there's no. not there's no shame in that. There's no. You know, I would I would sign that contract if it's presented in front of me. So there, there's no shame in saying I'm I'm looking for a change of scenery and and I want to try something new. There's there's nothing wrong with that. It just. The, the excuses kind of blow up in your face, like, you know, when you say you're going home and you end up in, in Ohio. Ooh,
0: that, you know, I like that. I, I like the honesty, record I like that. And for the record, Eric, you are also, I believe, the first pro athlete to appear on Game Over. So you make it to history tonight as well, Eric.
1: Yeah, well, well, like I said, it's, it's an honor, and I'm glad to be here.
0: That's amazing. That's funny. And, of course, now Edmonton also, um, they move on now to Philadelphia, and, of course, for this team, the big thing, and you've known this for a long time, the Wolves have a rotation, they find ways to beat the big dogs, they'll beat a Tampa Bay, they'll beat a Seattle, they'll beat a Vegas, and struggle with a smaller team that they should win. So it's a big. it was a big test for them to beat Detroit. And of course now, of course you would know that they have got to find a way to beat Philadelphia and beat Eastern Conference teams who they should beat. Because if you want to be a real contender in the Western Conference, you got to find a way. I don't want to say the gimme games, but you have to get the two points in game that you're supposed to win.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, with we're talking about how, you know, mighty and grand the Oilers have been this year. I think we went into tonight being fourth in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we still have a lot of room to make up, and I have no doubts that this team can win the division, absolutely. But if you're going to do that, you do have to beat Detroit. You do have to beat uh, Philadelphia. You do have to beat, I think, Montreal and Ottawa on the weekend. I think of these, you know, these four games, it's, you know, seven-point minimum. Kind of, kind of hefty expectations there, but that can that can be something that can really catapult you up the the, the uh, Pacific Division standings. I mean, Seattle lost tonight. Pretty sure Vegas pulled out a victory, but you know, you're you're kind of just chasing Seattle right now, and and uh, I think the other teams will kind of figure themselves out.
0: I no, I, that's a very good point, and and you know, even though that division right now is so volatile, I think personally it is the most entertained division to watch. In hockey, because we, we really like in other divisions, you know, you like, you know, in the Atlantic, you know, it's going to be Boston win that division. Other ones, you know, who's going to win that division. The Pacific, we still don't know who's going to win. It could be Seattle. It could be the Orlando. It could be Calgary. Heck, it could, could be, be Vegas. It could be the Kings, right? It could be the Kings. Like, we, yeah, still, we still don't know who's going to win this division. I think that's why it's the most fun division to watch hockey right now, Eric.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But the race has been fun. Um, Seattle's showing that you can. Uh, you can play with three or four third lines and just dominate play. Uh, their their goaltending's still a fluke and I don't know how they've they've managed to get around that, but it's it's an exciting division. Um the Oilers are in a fortunate spot with the injuries to that Vegas has kind of, you know, had and then their goalies kind of kind of waning. And I think there's a couple teams in the Pacific who are maybe on the start of a downslope and you know, we're and one in our last nine, and, and hopefully we can keep rocketing up those uh, standings. And We should put ourselves in a good spot. Pretty sure we also have a pretty weak uh, strength of schedule in our remaining games as well, you know, relative to the other teams in the Pacific. So a lot more San Jose's and a couple more Anaheim's. I know we play Arizona, I think, two, two more times. So not gimme games, but those are ones you should, you should at least get a point out of for sure.
0: No, exactly. I couldn't agree more with that. And we are just also, too, we are less than a month away from trade deadline day. And of course, there's a big concern, or I would my wonder, like, what is Ken Holland going to do? Who is he going to acquire? I've said it many times on this show or other platforms that you got to find a way to get a big target D man. I've said before, your target should be Jacob Chickren. And you're hearing now from other sources that, and I remember like a month ago, people were saying, no, they are not going to get Chickren. That's on the target. Now the, now the talk has changed now. Now you're seeing the insiders scene. It's note. funny.
1: It's funny how they all change their opinions all at once. <laughs> it's that's it's, it's, it's what a coincidence that is. It's you know, Uncle Ken must have sent the note out, the mass email.
0: <laughs> I, I think you're right on the on money right there. Now, yeah, now you're seeing the big names are right now linking Chicken towards Edmonton. I think he that is your guy. If you want to win a cup this year, if you want to show you where you're serious about winning, that is your guy and there's so much footage out there, Eric, that shows that Chikoran isn't just an offensive D-man. There's so much footage out there showing him being responsible in his own end for the Coyotes. I feel like if you've if you got to find a way to make a deal to bring him to Edmonton some way, somehow, you have to find a way to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree, actually. I know uh, Jason Greger put a poll out earlier tonight. I think it was, would you trade two firsts and a prospect for Chikoran? And I was one of the people who voted yes. I just think you know that he's he's the best option out there you know he's not not a perfect player, but you you're never getting the perfect player at the deadline you know those don't fall into your lap um those two first round picks are gonna be useless if you know we don't win a cup and Connor and Leon leave right so it's it's what what do you what should you choose there it's it's a tough situation, but you know. If you're faced with, you know, hopefully winning a cup for Connor and Leon or, or two first round picks who may or may not be Nail Yakupov, I think that's a pretty easy choice.
0: Right, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, it's funny because I think it was earlier in the year, um, even last year, Hall was talking about he doesn't want to leave the covers bare. You know, he wants to leave the future Right. But it's like you have Connor and Leon right now. You should want to win right now, man. Like, I mean, yes. Yeah. I I mean no one yes, you don't want to leave your prospect bearing for the next five years. But come on, man. You should want to win right now.
1: <laughs> what about filling up those uh coverage with Stanley Cups? That'll look exactly. that'll look a lot better than a couple prospects.
0: Exactly. Like, and I know yeah. there's talk of this team didn't want to train a couple of prospects. I like, understand, okay, maybe you don't want to trade a give little go, but I've said before, like Philip Robert, that's a name that should be in play. That is a name that should be in play because, you know, yes, he's adequate hey, right He now. made a sweet
1: play tonight, sweet pass on that uh, Clouder goal.
0: Yeah, no, I'll give him credit. He had a mm-hmm. two-point night tonight. He had a solid game. If I'm the mm-hmm. Arizona Coyotes, though, if I'm Bill Armstrong, and, you know, maybe I want a couple of pinks at Broberg, it's what you want, Bill? Okay, for chicken? Done deal. There you go. And Broberg can be a part of your future in a couple of years when you are a good team in Arizona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been awesome seeing what, what Broberg has, has kind of shown flashes of, but you know, you can, you're still kind of in the situation where you could only hope that, you know, Broberg gets to the point where he's putting up 60 points and 20 goals in NHL Mm -hmm. where you could, you know, trade him for someone who has done that. So, you know, it's, again, it just, we keep talking ourselves into this, making it an easier and easier decision, but you know, Ultimately, that's not up to us. We can just yell and scream from the rooftops.
0: That's true. Hey, man i i will I will try and use my influence somehow to put in to put into the ether Jacob Chikrin uh, presser at Rogers Place some way somehow. I'm going to try and do my speak best it into
1: existence.
0: Exactly, yeah. right? I I cannot agree more. But this is a team in which you know, of course, last year Eric was a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. I believe that the expectation of this team. Should be again a, a successful year for this team. Should be getting back to Western Final once again. This is not a year in which you can take a step back. You cannot be satisfied. I feel if you're out in round two, round one, the goal has to be Western Final at the worst. I feel. You feel the same way in that sense.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. Um, <laughs> you you should be a better team this year than you were last mm. year, and, and we've we've certainly shown it so far, and I, I think. You know, I think our goaltending is, is sturdier. We might not have the, those peak games, you know, Mike Smith, 45, save shutouts. But, you know, I think overall we're sturdier and, and you know, we're a year older on the back end with some of the young guys. And we seem to have really found that 11-7 and seven really does work for this, this forward group for sure. And we seem to be building up some chemistry just by, by sheer volume with running Connor and Leon through different sets of wingers like, you know, maybe they don't have to play with the same group, same wingers for eight games. Maybe it's more just, you know, having five, six minutes a night with every group, and that just that just creates enough chemistry with with all of them where you know they hit the ice running and they kind of know where each other's going to be and and I think I think we're a much better team this year and you know, we're getting generational point totals. I think we're also the only team in the league with more than one player over sixty points. And we have four of them, I think things are really pointing to a, a deep playoff run this year. And I, and I think that it, a solid, a couple additions at the trade deadline can, can only help this team. So it, oh, it's, cool. I'm really interested for in March Mar- to see what uh, happens March 3rd.
0: Yeah. I cannot agree more. You mentioned the, you know, the original talent, Conor McDavid, he's on pace for 150 points. And you know, for the hockey news, I wrote he would get 122. He's gonna probably the, the most my predictions by February for all we know, like, where do yeah. you think McDavid ends the year at? Can he get to one fifty? Or does he take like I I I I, I just don't know if that's humanly really possible, but Carter McDavid <laughs> honestly breaks the trends of what's supposed to be happening in the era of hockey. Do, do you think he gets to one fifty for his porn toll this year, Eric? Is that possible for him? I mean I I guess it could be.
1: <laughs> I think so. I think so. ESPN showed a graphic before the game that he's on pace for sixty-seven goals and hundred and fifty points and and as someone who has watched McDavid turned it up in the second half of every season. He's, you know, he's been healthy and played in. I, I think he's absolutely, you know, hit 150 points, 60 something goals, 150 points. It's just, it's just bound to happen. He, he just, he keeps getting better. And, and, you know, we're, we're really lucky that we get to see that guy play, you know, three four times a week. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see.
0: No, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I know, I, I'm not sure we're your all-star game guy, but did you watch his performance in the skills competition where he goes four for four in the target accuracy casually? Like, oh, I'll, I'll break his spots, go four for four. No problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> it was another day for him. It was, they probably could have put him in any event and he could have, you know, done it sleepwalking. It just, he's just just has this supreme talent that he seems to have harnessed. And, and, it's, 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 there's no words for it. There's no words for it.
0: No, it is, you know, it is just, I, I, I I've, I've stopped trying to predict what he can do next because it's funny because he still, he still thinks he's not a goal scorer, but yet he's on page for, Yeah. <laughs> over 60 goals this year, 150 points. And I just don't know how any voter cannot give him the heart. I know there's been over the years border fatigue and, you know, there's been a, a couple of times we've missed the playoffs. But he's still been the best player in the world. I don't know how you can not give him the heart this year. I don't know how you can not give him that award.
1: Yeah, you know, I it's he seems to be a shoo-in for it. I think I think he knows what he has to do. I I don't I don't think he cares about that stuff really. I think, you know, probably Stanley Cups are, are the awards he's looking for at the end of the year. But uh, you know, another heart in his trophy would be probably be pretty cool for him as
0: well. No, It'll be great for his career, and you know, also having him having Leon playing well, it's funny because you got him and the oh, excuse me, what? Oh, oh, excuse me huh? it's funny because you got him and Leon. And if you separate Leon, he'd be leading any other team in scoring, but Leon is just a second fiddle or oh, a second guy on scoring, which is crazy because his stats right now would lead how many other teams in the rest of the league? <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, uh, every other team, right? I, what is he second in scoring by what 10 points or? Or he's up ten points on third place. Like, you know, if there's no Connor McDavid, you know, Leon Dreiso would be you know, the best player in the world. Just, you know, sometimes some people in certain time zones don't stay up late enough to watch those games and, and they can't see that. And you know, I get it. It's it's late over in Toronto, but is what it is.
0: It's true. And then again, you know, Ryan Hopkins, he's been here for literally all the bad, all the struggles. And he's here on pace for 94 points. I feel like I, I, I'm i so glad for Nuge to have a good year. And this is the guy, remember, a couple of years ago, Eric, like, there's rumors that Dallas is offering him a better contract and he might leave. Yeah. Like, he, he took less money, stayed on pace for 94 point a year. And we might have, for the first time in 33 years, three Oilers cross a 90-point 90, 90 barrier in the same season. It's a good It's a good year for him. He, he scored tonight. He was 23 goals a year. Like He's having an amazing season right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's been awesome to, to see Nuge... Really, you know, I did. I don't know if this is this is Nuge going forward, or if this is kind of you know a, a an outlier year. But it's it's just been awesome to see Nuge put the puck in the back of the net one and just contribute on the score sheet every night. Like you said, he's he's been through some dark times as an Oiler. He's been through, you know, how many coaches has he played for, and and you know even general managers at this point. And and it's it's rewarding to see Nuge stick with it. You know, I'm I'm happy that he stayed with Edmonton and signed with us. We we got a pretty good deal on him looking at it now. And you know, nude should just keep doing what he does and his, his number might be might be up in those rafters if we can get a couple championships here
0: soon. You know what? It should be. The guy's been here twelve years now. It's it's crazy. To me. He's, he's been here twelve years now, and he's only twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Like that still blows my mind. He's seat of his roster, and he's not even thirty yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's uh, it seems like he should be 36 years old by now, and it's just it's just it's you know even with you, you saw with Sam Gagne, Sam Gagne has already played a thousand games. He's what 32, 33, yeah. Like you know we, we threw some young kids into some t- into some tough situations a few years oh. ago, and uh, yeah, didn't work out for some of them, but you know, and then you got Gagne and Nuge who, who are still plugging <laughs> along.
0: Yeah, because yeah, the old philosophy. Yeah, back in the days of Steve Tamblini, GM, you know, oh, they can play right now. They're 18. Just put them in there. Veterans, they don't need veterans. I these 18 year olds go and by themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they go for it. Go for it. And we'll give you, uh, you know, Marc Andre Pouliot on the wing or, or whoever. <laughs> JF Shocks.
0: JF line. JF
1: Shocks. JF Shocks. First liner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Those were, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what was worse, Eric. Those teams were battling through Rexall Place in the concourse for intermission.
1: <laughs> those those were both pretty tough. Man, Rexall Place, miss that place. It's, they they're tearing it down soon, aren't they?
0: They are really. You miss it? I I don't miss it at all. Like concourse was bad. The bathrooms are horrible. I don't miss it at all. Knock that I was thing was fortunate down.
1: enough. I was fortunate enough to go to a lot of games as a kid. My dad worked for TELUS, so we always had some hookups in that arena. So I I spent a lot of time there. I saw some some really bad games. I saw some amazing games. Um, oh man, I was at I think it was against Chicago. I think it was Victor Foss and someone else. I think we gave up five five goals on five shots. And I was that was that was a tough day. I scrambled after school to buy some tickets on Kijiji, meet a friend, bus to the LRT station. We're so excited for the game. And then it was at least four goals on four shots. And we were just like, what, what is going on?
0: Wow. We paid remember, for this. I remember I saw a game with a buddy of mine in like 2015. Tickets were on, mm-hmm. yeah, Kijiji for like six bucks. They go, hey, you want to go to a game? It was Edmonton, Arizona. He goes, sure. you go an Oilers fan. He was a Vancouver fan. He want to go to a game. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm coming to you. Arizona won. I think it was like six two, and this was back when jersey tossing was the big thing in Edmonton. Getting tossed on the ice, Oh,
1: yeah, we love
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I remember the one guy, Norvoli. He came down to the glass, armful of jerseys, and threw five over the over the glass onto the ice.
1: <laughs> Sweet, what a I that I just don't <laughs> understand. That's so dumb. Go donate that jersey. There's lots of people who would love that. It's just people are. Uh, might as well throw. I mean, for how expensive those jerseys are now, you might as throw. Well, might as well throw a couple car payments onto the ice instead. Like
0: exactly. It's wild. Like like yo, you are throwing literally possibly a three hundred dollar jersey onto the ice. Why? Why? Yeah,
1: you're never gonna get it back. You're just you just and then you look like an idiot when you run back up the stairs. So.
0: And he's probably getting a oh, ban well. for life.
1: He's probably getting a stadium ban. Yeah, yeah. You're just, I, I, I've never understood that. Um, I guess you can't can't say we're not a passionate fan base. I guess, and you know, passion causes leads people to do some weird things. I guess.
0: No, that is that's very true. Come couple more questions before we wrap things up tonight. I do want to ask you, of course, the the team that will probably want to be a playoff team, Western Conference. So I want to ask you among the among the visual teams. That they'll, that they'll be in the playoffs with. I want to ask you: Who would you want to face in the first round of the Pacific? Would you want to face first round in Seattle, Vegas, LA, or heck, even even Calgary? Who would you want to face in that first round in the Pacific? In that first round matchup,
1: uh, right now, probably Calgary. They're they're probably the the team in the most disarray out of those three mm-hmm. uh, that you listed. But if you're going to be the best, it doesn't really matter who you play. True. You know, I don't think Tampa Bay was sitting there worrying about who their first round matchup was, things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, if I had to pick, it'd probably be Calgary. It'd just be fun to, to uh, beat the wheels off them again. So,
0: man, you know, it's always a good time. That's true. Yo, last year, last year was going to be fun either way because the second round is either going to be Edmonton, Calgary, or Edmonton, Dallas. And for Edmonton, our student generation, you know, we both know, like, Empton Dallas and New Calgary, either way, it would have been fireworks. But last year, yeah. em- Empton Calgary, I was covering that series. And wow, I've never felt, it felt good again to have fans back in the building for a PR series. But right. the, atom- the animosity between the Empton Calgary series, for those who were not alive for the 80s or 90s, see, see what it was back then last summer? Oh my gosh, it was electric.
1: It, and it delivered. It delivered. We had you know football scores and you know two hundred foot goals. And just just a whole a whole lot of everything. A whole like, lot yeah, of everything.
0: Game one was goaltending optional. Game one was what's goaltending like?
1: Most Calgary's, of the series was goaltending optional. Like Calgary,
0: what Calgary blew, Calgary blew a six-one lead? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, once yeah, once Calgary went up six-one, I think you know. What we scored four goals, yeah, whatever it was, and then you know, then we didn't really look back well, except for game two. I think we down went down two nothing early, and it was um, oh, shit, here we go again. And yeah. uh, and we just you know, better team, better team found a way.
0: That's true. I, I just thought it was so funny how so many people predicted oh, Calgary in four, Calgary in five. No one had Edmonton almost sweeping, Cal- no one had empty in five, no one had Edmonton in five in that series. That was a shock to many people.
1: Well, we didn't think Calgary would roll over that easy, so
0: Or you know, Jacob Markstrom would have a four four error, like
1: <laughs> he's yeah, he you know, I again I wouldn't mind playing Calgary and I wouldn't mind them playing Markstrom every game. We just he just seems to have some sort of mental block when he plays when he plays the oilers. He just he can't seem to maybe he doesn't see the puck off of our off our stick or something, but he he has he definitely got some demons with the oilers, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it is a franchise right now. And then, of course, we've seen how this year has gone for Calgary with Gerald Sutter in terms of, yeah, goaltending, the lineup, how he's handled certain questions. Like the Flames, they like a team right now. They're, they're in disarray right now. Like they are not a team you really, as it stands right now, want to bank right now. Because if they go into a player series and they still question about their lineup, I mean, heck, I saw Flame fans mad the fact that Milan Lucic was still on the roster, period.
1: Yeah, Luc, yeah, that's he's 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 awesome too he's I would love to play against him too he's it's anytime he's on the ice against the Oilers, i think I think we're we're at the advantage no yeah, matter I, what
0: yeah no I <laughs> it stands right now no i I could not agree more so I will ask you a had a, a question a question before you go Eric. if sure. Edmonton, if Edmonton were to go to the cup final are you gonna try and ask some way somehow? You are ask the the uh, the guardian organization, hey, can I take a little break? You know, to go see a cup final. You get asked for like, you know, maybe a little sabbatical to go see a cup final game. You know, just say, you know, let me let me just go watch game one and, 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 and the cup final again, say, uh, Tampa or Boston. <laughs> Is that gonna fly?
1: <laughs> oh man, that that would be that would be awesome. But I think that request would be met with uh, a handshake and a one way flight. I'd be able to come home to uh, to see the game, but. I don't think I'd be heading back to uh, wherever I'm at in Ohio, so I'll have to, you know, I'll have to stick to maybe, maybe sneak my phone out to the bullpen or something and uh, and watching or, or getting the kids who are always asking for balls to give me some updates.
0: Oh, that is funny. I but know that'll
1: be a stressful time.
0: Sounds <laughs> funny. I know among among the places you pitched here, are there many hockey guys among or any guys you know who are mean? I know, of course being down in America it's much more of a culture of football, basketball. Are any any guys you've tried to convert into being hockey fans at all down there?
1: Oh yeah. All I make all of my roommates pseudo Oilers fans, you know. When it's I I I let them know what the schedule is going to be for the week and they know that, you know, Tuesday night at 5:30 the TV's getting flipped to the Oilers. Um there's there's a decent amount of hockey fans here. We actually a couple of my buddies are from Florida, and they've they've become Lightning fans in the, in the last couple of years and stuff. And so there's no, you know, I wouldn't say there's many many diehards that I've met come across in baseball, but there you can definitely strike strike up a conversation.
0: There you go. I I love that. And you know what, Eric, when you wrap things up here in game over Edmonton, Eric, I appreciate you coming on to the show. You're always looking to come on the podcast. You're always looking to come on. Chop it up. Maybe we'll do it again. And see how you season going down in the in the organization with the Guardians, buddy.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Thanks for having me, Avery.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Anyways, y'all, be sure be sure to like, subscribe, and comment on the SEPN channel. Follow all the Game Overs podcasts. And hey, remember tomorrow is NBA trade deadline day. So make sure you tune in and watch our Jake deadline stream with S and Lauren. Where's Where's Yakim going? Will he get traded? Got to tune in and find out tomorrow on Thursday. Anyway, I'm Avery, and I am out. Later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.